The following podcast contains language that is not suitable for everybody. Let's do it, do it, do it. Welcome to Super Skull. My name is Nick Weibar. This is Vault of Midnight's weekly new comic day audio digest. I work at Vault of Midnight. I'm here with my co-hosts, the, the handsomest co-hosts that ever were, Marcus Schwimmer and Curtis Sullivan. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing great. I am also doing very well. Thank you. I'm going to start the timer. What do you guys think? That Please sounds like do. a good idea. Out. Standing. Yeah. All right, the clock is ticking. I'm feeling a, I'm, I'm feeling a weird energy, and I'm using it today. Channel it, and then use it, and spit it out your mouth hole. A lot of very successful podcasters, they, they use vocal fry, and I think if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. No, I say nay. What do you I guys say, think? I say no, thank you. Well, I'm just. Can you can you give an it, example? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't. No. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm also gonna try a little bit of tired up speak. Oh, I love I just I love what you're fucking doing right now. <laughs> what have you been reading about podcasts and how people talk? Yeah, man. I'm just trying to like, you know, trying to, we, so that podcast money's out there somewhere. You know it is. <laughs> we just haven't found Allegedly. it. Allegedly. Supposedly it's all the rage and it exists. So uh it's been, it's been a big week, huh? Huge. Yeah. It's been a big week. We opened a new comic shop. Won't bore you with the details, but we yeah. did it. We did it on Monday. It's happening right now. Yep. It's there. Steve's there now. Steve, our, 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 our partner, co-owner of Vault of Midnight, is in Vault of Midnight, Detroit. Right now, as we speak, it's pretty cool. Oh, oh it's uh, their first new comic book day. It's their first new comic book day. Ever. Happy new comic book day to you, the listener. Yeah. Incidentally. No matter where you are, it's new comic book day. It's new comic book day all over the world today, and it happens every single week, and it's just a beautiful thing. I hope that you find a comic shop today. Find somebody that works at a comic shop, give them a hug, get some new comics. Yeah. yeah. That's your right today. That's right. I'm assuming you got the day off work. Yeah. No, I think companies in general, it's kind of like maternity leave, it's new comic book day. Yeah. These sort of things. You know, it's like a paid holiday. So in the news this week, if we may, we got a pretty good show this week. I think I, so. Without, w- w- let's not, I don't want to tell a lie. I cannot tell a lie. We didn't have a lot of time to do the, the full shebang this week. It, we, right? You know, we're packing it in. We're let's pa- say we're yeah. we're packing it in. Marcus is a uh, champion and and uh, really really pulled his own and then some this week. I'm here for you. So our in our show this week, I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown. We're going to talk about the Eisner Awards, which we've been neglecting to talk about for oh. a couple weeks now. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing we got to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about our big picks. I read a total of two comics this week. Oh. Yeah. Did you guys read any comics? I read a, d- I read a ton. I, I somehow read that. a grip. Thank you. I hope you read my share. I did. We did. We and split it. We're going to talk about Free Comic Book Day, which mm-hmm. is occurring this Saturday. It's every single year. It's the first Saturday in May. We're going to talk about that for a while. As we do on a podcast, you just yeah. kind of talk, <laughs> talk about, about things for a while. A microphone. And we'll get, we'll get into the fact to learn that it hasn't always been the first Saturday in May. Oh, Ooh. there's some history. There's there. some fun facts. That's just a little preview. That's a little preview of all on. the knowledge. Yeah, this is Super Skull. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned, man. But uh, let's get into these. Let's get into these Eisner Awards, may we? Yeah. Let's, let's please do the Will Eisner Comic Book Industry Awards. Yes. What are these? So 
oftentimes they get it is said that the Eisners are the Oscars of the comic book world. How do you guys feel about that? You know, I think every, everyone knows what the Oscars are. Not mm-hmm. everyone knows what the Eisners are. It is essentially the biggest award in the comic book industry. And why is it the biggest award? It doesn't come with cash. It does not come with cash. It doesn't no. come. It just it it. I think part of it is the fact that it's awarded at the San Diego Comic Con. I also yes. think that it's voted on by your peers, which is very cool. There's a uh, there's a lot of other co- the Harvey Awards yeah. are awarded on by peers, yeah. mm-hmm. but the, I think the fact that it happens at the biggest Comic Con, really in the world, I think that that lends a lot of credence to yes. it. It's and got a big microphone, and there's a little bit of history to it. So there used to be the Kirby Awards. Yep. And uh, those were created after the Shazam Awards went away. But there's been this always been this award. What were the Shazam Awards? They were like the early comic book awards, 50s, 60s. Nice. Um, Called the Shazam Awards? Mm-hmm. Did you know about this, I, Curtis? No. I yeah. learned about it reading Marcus's show notes. Oh, we got to bring the Shazam Awards. Oh, yeah. Shazam. So there was the Shazam Awards. They went away. The Kirby Awards uh, kind of filled their spot. Mm-hmm. And those were the awards that started doing San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. And Jack Kirby was there to like award you your thing. Kirby himself. Would Kirby give it himself. To you? Yeah, which is pretty dope. You had to take it from him though. You had to. <laughs> you had to, you wrestle, had to him wrestle him for it like a bear. Which is kind of. Um, pro- I mean, seems like a dude who would kick some ass. Yeah, you yeah. had to actually want it. Back yeah, the day you had to earn it. Um, and then the Jack Kirby Awards go away in 1987, and the uh, Eisner's take its place in '88. So there is this kind of l- lineage of awards that. The Eisners is picked up. Who who is who is Will Eisner? Oh well, Will Eisner the the namesake of the award is just a superstar comic creator. I mean, he did the Spirit is probably what he's most well known for. Mm. That was a newspaper strip that ran for years and years and years. But he's got a great career. He joined the army. Uh, he did military comics. All these great like comics for soldiers about how to like. Avoiding uh, VD. Avoid VD. And, and this really great one, I've only read a few of them. I read the VD one, and he's got another great one about how to be like representative of America in foreign lands and how to be oh, polite yeah, and yeah, cool yeah. with you know foreign peoples when you're in their country. Like, yeah. put on a good face and be an awesome person. It's really cool You're shit. representing America now. Exactly. Uh, and he's, in some of his later stuff, he's really... Uh, the birth of the graphic novel kind of is... He's, he's blamed a little bit for that. Because he credited, was, I should say. Because he was doing long form stuff yep. and big, like big narrative stuff before it was cool and before anybody else was doing it. He yeah. also like he had a his panel work was so influential. The way that he moved time in panels, and it like we're still ripping it off today. Absolutely, yeah. Dude's an absolute genius. Yeah, in, a lot of people way, way 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 ahead of his time. I was to say, a lot of people uh, look at understanding comics as kind of like, here's how it all works. Uh, Will Eisner's kind of book explaining the form, comics and sequential art, yeah. uh, predates you know understanding comics by many years and is referred to uh, very often uh, as like kind of like, hey, you want to do comics, you want to learn about how this thing works, uh, check out this book. So huge dude. Dude, dude, he was, yeah, and he was a huge, he was seven feet tall. That's what no. I meant when I said huge dude. He's just a sad. Was he really that big of a dude? He's a big man. Yeah. The spirit is always yeah. quite a, quite a bit taller than all of his foes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Each of his fists were like frying pans. Yeah, that's awesome. Like frozen turkeys. That. Yeah. None of this is true, Marcus. By the way. Oh well, fuck. Come he, on, he guys. He one time fought George Foreman. I believe you. Yeah. Because I trust you. <laughs> I saw him climb the Golden Gate you Bridge. You shut your mouth now. I don't believe shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this uh, <laughs> the Eisner Awards are really interesting. There's a five-member panel that kind of gets together and creates all the, the nominees every mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and then it's voted on by the industry. 
Um, Who won the first Eisner Awards? Yeah, so I went into this. They were in 1988. Best writer, Alan Moore for Watchmen. Wow, Best surprise. writer, artist, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons for Watchmen. Looks what? like. Oh, I think actually it looks like they won here for Watchman. Oh. oh, nice. Oh, whoops, sorry. That was, that, that was a... <laughs> That's a typo. It's actually Watchmen. Yeah. Um, I loved Watchman. I thought it was like super underrated. It's because you're a watch guy. It's yeah. the little known uh, yeah. prelude. It's, it's time to, to come. Uh, best artist penciler, Steve Rude for Nexus. Mm-hmm. Curtis loves this series. I do love Steve Rude's an incredible artist. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, best continuing series, Concrete you by guys Paul Chadwick. Concrete by yeah. Paul. I, I promise myself every summer I'm going to reread Concrete yeah. and I haven't done it yet. Yeah, so it's been so many years. And there's a lot of, it, throughout the history of the Eisners, there's been a lot of categories that were in existence that are no longer, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So there was like a digital, com- like 90s digital comic category that they kind of went by the wayside. Um, but yeah, really interesting. So the 80s, Alan Moore really mopped it up. I, I summarized a lot of it because Moore won so much of it. So it seems weird, like, how do you put yourself in a position to to like judge an entire industry or one facet of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of like how the Oscars work, but it's writ large, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just, they send out ballots to everybody that's in the, whatever the union for that category. I don't really know how the Oscars work, but right. the Eisners are, are a little bit, it's, it's much more specified. They, s- they pick these specific judges yep. and we actually have somebody that's been a judge for the Eisners that's sitting true. at this table that's me. right now. I'm honored to be by your presence. Thank you. What, Thank was you. It, what was it like, Curtis, after we won our Eisner Award? Yep. The, the, pr- the recipient of the Eisner Retail Award gets to sit on the judging panel the following year. Correct. And that was, you got you got to do that. Yeah, me and uh, Steve, mm-hmm. actually. We both got to sit in this room with like Jeff Smith from Bone and all these <laughs> other just... Uh, crazy dudes. I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he owns Atlantis Fantasy World mm-hmm. um, in California. Just legendary comic book shop. The comic shop featured in uh, Lost Boys. The oh, movie. cool. Uh, so it was just mind bending. Um, but yeah, the the panel was uh, somebody from each kind of portion of the industry. You got somebody who does journalism and reviews. You have comic creators. You have somebody who works kind of uh, industry side at a, at a that level, and then you have a retailer. So you kind of get all these unique voices, and it was like that um, on the panel. Everybody had different perspectives, and uh, for our portion of it, we chose the Spirit of Retailing Award. We didn't do all the awards, but this panel was specifically the the best comic or not the best comic shop, but a shop the, that gives a lot to the industry and you know tries to further it and spread the the word if as it were yeah was there like a sense of responsibility like weight on your shoulders when you were doing this like i I, you know i've never heard you talk about the actual process before i know that you've been on the panel but it was nuts you start with a hundred shops and you just kind of keep whittling down and by the time you get to like you know even 20 shops they're they're all they're all real world class yeah super super good stores and so um yeah the year we were there we uh voted for a shop they did win. Uh, comics and Vegetables. Comics and Vegetables in Tel Aviv. Yeah. It's just a great story. And what they do, they like the first comic convention in their country. You know, just stuff like this. So it's like, what do you do as a store? And then what's the broader thing you're doing? How are you, you know, just bringing it all to the world? Yeah. It was cool as hell. Um, so, yeah. So it, it's a neat, uh, I think the, the panel that I was on represented kind of a broad swath. And it was a really cool way to do it. 
So, and a couple weeks ago, we got the nominations for this year's Eisner Awards for the whole slate. Yeah, for absolutely everybody. There's so much, man. Yeah, we're really excited this year to take a look at the nominees. That came out a few weeks ago. We haven't had time to get into them, but I say let I say we dig into them. Let's do it. What do you guys think? I'm ready. I love that. Curtis we, was rapping to me earlier about just the importance this year of the women nominees. Yeah, we're looking at 49 women received a record 61 nominations. Yes, Curtis, you had some some percentages and whatnot about this. Well, it's just so many. Uh, uh, 37 out of 40 categories had uh, women nominated. Just awesome. Yeah. And, and we talk about how good comics are every week. We're like, oh, they're so good. This one's so good. Mm-hmm. And then you see this list at the end of the year. You're like, holy shit, this is a good list of comics. And we always bitch and moan, like I'm sure a lot of people do, about like, how come this isn't on there? And how come that isn't on there? Yeah. So this list is insane. This list could be twice as big. Absolutely. That's how much ass is being kicked in comics these days. Yeah. So it's fantastic. And I, as we look through uh, the the number of women getting nominated, it's absolutely brilliant. The number of great titles, like you said, it could just be it could be twice as long yep. easily, and nobody would be miffed. I think by that. For sure. It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a puffed out list. Um, as I look through these categories, like it's definitely I'm seeing a woman nominated in each category, and there's a lot of categories, yep. and that's very cool. So. Let's not pretend that everything's fixed, but it's pretty cool. Oh, and, it, and the representation—it's getting better. It's pro—it's a lot more than last year. Yeah, absolutely. And in books that like we all just rant and rave about, it's kind of cool to see them on this list. You know, G. Willow Wilson has to be on this list. Mm-hmm. There's so many, you know, names that if they weren't there, my hackles would be up. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So leading the way in nominations for publishers was Fanographics with 17 nominations, and then 14 for Image right behind that. And then a smattering of everybody else. So big year for, you know, the the more the more indie minded stuff. Absolutely, and and the cool thing too is even you know Marvel, uh, DC, the big boys have a couple that are like you know, yeah, right up in there. So uh, the nominees for bank. This is what I want to do. Can I? Okay. So yep. what I want to I'm going to hit you guys with some nominees. Mm-hmm. Give me your pick. Okay. Best continuing series. The nominees are Bandette by Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover. Giant Days by John Allison and uh, Lisa Tryman. Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Mike Allred. And Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Southern Bastards for sure, but ooh, Silver Surfer's good for so, me. Yeah, Silver Surfer for me. It's got to be Southern Bastards, I think. It's a damn good comic. Yeah, absolutely. Marcus, you were wrong. Very nice try. Best Limited Series, Chrononauts by Mark Miller. Woo! Oh. Yeah! <sighs> Danger Zone, that nomination, <laughs> all the way. Is this what an aneurysm feels like? Mike Millar, he's dangerous. Do you want to say Mark Millar or Mike Millar? Did I say Millar? Mike? Fuck! <laughs> God damn it. Thank you for leaving that <laughs> in, nope, Rachel, nope, so nope. much. No, no, please don't leave that in. The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker. Lady Killer by Joel Jones. Jamie Rich, Minimum Wage by Bob Joe Fingerman. Lee Jones. Joel Jones. <laughs> Joe Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and... The Spire from Simon Spurrier and Jeff Stokely. And they just finished it out with the winner. What It's so obvious. They did that with Best Continuing Series. They're just putting the winner at the bottom Aha, of the list. I it's see. Chrononauts, it's baby. It's definitely the fade out. It's Chrononauts. You think that Chrononauts was the best limited series of 2015? Look at my no, fucking eyes right I, now. <laughs> the best <laughs> limited series of 2015 no, is getting hot. Was I think, Chrononauts? I think, getting, no, getting I think, hot. I'm waking up. I think Wilds End, uh, Enemy Within was probably the best limited series, but it didn't get nominated this year. But Shit. Chrononauts 
was quite fun. Well, I will say that clearly someone in the Eisner panel is yeah. agreeing with young Marcus over here. More than just someone. I mean, I, I think there's a champion. Chrononauts <laughs> had great art. It had a very fun story. And it did. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was a very fun book. It had some really yeah. nice covers. Yeah, it was good. I just, uh, maybe they, that that fifteen year old must have just snuck on the panel. Yeah, it's, it's like a real Macaulay Culkin so blank you know, check type so situation. There's a whole <laughs> caper about him breaking onto the Eisner panel, you know, just so he can nominate. Ooh, I'm a Crononauts. Mm. Look, Nick. Some of us. It's think, fun. Some of us think comics are for everyone. You know, that's fine. Even Macaulay Culkin. What a crooked I can't shit. wait. <laughs> I cannot wait for Chrononauts to win. It's just uh, the look on Nick's face. No, we need Nick. He'll throw himself out of a giant plate glass window if that happens. Oh, my oh, God. He's so, so dramatic. He's such a drama queen. I know. Oh, man. It's drama king? What a drama. I am, the, I am the drama king. Best new series Bitch Planet, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Valentine Delandro, Hero County by Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook. Ooh. Kaiju Max by Xander Cannon, Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang, and The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. For my money, this is uh, this is a monster list. It's cr- yeah. it's a monstrous list. It's a m- <laughs> <laughs> is that your pick? Uh, ooh, I can't. How can I pick? Monstrous Paper Girl, Squirrel Girl, Bitch Planet. Wait, we all know Bitch Planet's gonna win this category. Should, it right? probably should. It's, it's walking away, Bitch but Planet. But Paper yeah. Girls is f- is stupid good. I want Harrow County to win, but there's just, Bitch Planet is gonna dominate this. I'm category. so pleased that Kaiju Max was nominated. Yeah. I think that's so cool. It's never going to win. It's never going to win. But and nobody gives a shit about it. Yeah. And uh, but it's it there's you I've said it a billion times. I know I'm like, you're not reading anything else like this comic. It's it's really fucking good. Bitch Planet is uh absolutely the winner though. Agreed. Are we agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh monstrous. For once. <laughs> monstrous made it onto the I best new series that. list. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see if we can do maybe one more. What do yeah, you guys think? Good. Yeah, let's take a look here. Do 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 do. I'm scrolling through this thing and I'm looking for a category. There's so many dope comics on this list. Um. Oh, l- how about this? Let's go. Best writer, yep. please. Jason Aaron. Uh huh. Southern Masters, Men of Wrath, Doctor Strange, Star Wars, Thor. Holy shit, that's a list. John Allison, Giant Days. Okay. I really gotta get. Current on Giant like Days. Too. I read the, like the first two issues, maybe. Me also. Sorry, that was John Allison for Giant Days. Ed Brubaker for Fade Out. I think just like it, I don't. Th- I think their eraser broke, and they just can't take his name off of these nominations no. every well, single year. Look, look at the list for this year: Fade Out, Velvet, and Criminal for Ed Brubaker. Yeah, he did have a Criminal special edition yeah. this year. Marjorie Liu for Mediocstress. G Willow Wilson for Miss Marvel. Nice. It's another really good list, Super except good for list. one of them. Man, you, who, who's I, the winner? It's got to be Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, hands down. Southern Bastards, Men of Wrath, Doctor Strange, Star Wars, and Thor. Every single one of those books is the shit. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, yeah, it's either Jason Aaron or I hope if I had an underdog, yeah. I'd love G. Willow Wilson to squeeze out the win. Well, she, that's a very good point. Yep, yeah, you're right. Miss Marvel is, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Sometimes I'm very dramatic, but I think that Miss Marvel is going to go down as being like, one of, if not the most important book of the last couple of years, just with the number of new comic readers it gets into shops. I, I agree. I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my vote. 
It's got to be Miss Marvel. Like mm-hmm. Jason Aaron's putting out some great. No, shit. No, no, you're right. And he's probably but, already. You know, he's going to be here and keep killing yeah, it. But and it's just by virtue of how many titles he has yep, that yeah. seems yep. like, like how did this one yep. do to do? Yep. But you know, G. Willow Wilson had an amazing year, but it's you know, it was one book. But the importance, the importance of Miss Marvel needs to be recognized. Because I don't give a shit about if its importance. I think it's just so fun and good. And it well, it's is just, good, it's but got, it's a fucking important it, book. I'm saying, and it, and it wouldn't matter if it wasn't so damn good. Right. That's yeah. the thing. It's it, it's hitting all the beats. Yeah, it's an all-ages book. That being said, like Jason Aaron's run on Star Wars brought a lot of people back to comics. That's true. We can't. Good list, I good list. I don't think we can leave without at least talking about Best Penciler, yep. can we? Let's do it. Uh, Let's do it real real quick. quick. Mike Allred for Silver Surfer, Cliff Chang for Paper Girls, Erica Henderson for Jughead and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Joel Jones for Lady Killer, Nate Powell for March Book Two. Ooh. Man, I, I hope that Lady Killer wins it. That's one of the most beautiful comic books I've ever seen. It really is. It's so it really pretty. Is. And the art is is smart. It's like drawing on that classic 50s advertisement style, but it's still fresh, and the movement in it is beautiful. I hope it's Lady Killer. It's I a wish good list. That I want Erica Henderson to win. Dog, she can draw so good. I love that she's on this list. Oh, fuck Her yeah. style is so, like... Particular and weird it's and so goofy as fuck. It's super good, and it's it's I I love that she is on the same list as Joel Jones and Cliff Chang. Yeah, and Nate, Nate Powell. Yeah, what a year. Good, good oh my list. Goodness. Yeah, Erica Henderson can make me laugh with drawings. If there was no words, I would still it yeah. would still put a smile on my face. Yeah, that is a particular talent. I gotta go with Erica Henderson on this one. Tough list, good list. Cliff Chang, though, also shit. Who's and your Mike pick? I'm pinning you down. Curtis. I'm going Erica Henderson, dude. All right. You know how I feel about USG. It's my my jam. That book is so good. And that was nominated for best continuing or best new series. Best new? I don't know. It's they, right because they restarted right it. So it was like best new. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Nice. Squirker. Good book. I'm very Squirker. Very good. Eisner Awards. There it is. I love it. We shall link. To this you know huge this. list, you know this. That's why we have show notes as to for this link. That's why we made them in the first I wish place. They, mm-hmm. I wish they do they live broadcast the awards. Can you watch it? Can you get together with your friends, or do you have to be at Comic Con to I watch it? I feel like they do. I I don't quote me on this. Yeah. Uh, be fun to do a party, not this year, maybe next year. Ooh, do a little. That's not bad. I feel like they would probably. Yeah, because I was thinking when they did the when when we won our eyes uh-huh. in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yes, go on. And uh, we couldn't. We had to like, basically wait until somebody oh, posted on the internet. We that's could right. Not live post we didn't. It. We didn't know. Yeah, we found out like in the middle of the. It night was or fucking whatever. brutal. Yeah, because we didn't go out there. You yeah, because you they don't you don't you know there's a bunch of shops that are nominated. You don't know who the finalists are. Yeah. You can't go right. out there, and so. you can't get into San Diego Comic Con anyways. Right. Only reason I I've been one time, and that's because they flew us out for to the next a, year. Right. Right. Yeah. It's the only way they I got you know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Thank you, Will Eisner's ghost. You did a good job. It's his spirit, perhaps. You did a good job making every comic this year and putting other people's names on it. <laughs> really appreciate you. Yeah, you know, and all jokes aside, I mean, it's just I think it's super crucial. You know, whatever you want to call it, uh, awards stuff is good for this industry. Super good. This is nice. You want to take a look at all this stuff at the end of the year because there's a lot of things that might fall under the radar. I think the more recognition, the better. It's like with all award stuff, I feel kind of weird about it's it. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, yep. but like There's when the Eisers come out, I always check out the ones that I don't. Like it's a good way to learn about what other people are reading that maybe you haven't had time to or forgot course. came out. Of right. course. It, yep. it, the, but, you know, anytime. Uh, am I going to do this thing? Give it to me. Am I going to fucking do, do this? Do it. Do Just it. Just get into it, buddy. Where we, the, the idea of 
like codifying and awarding art and like turning art into a contest. And you know, and you can do this with you can yeah. say this about any medium. Movie, your comic yeah. book and, was seventy three percent good, and it's pr- exactly exactly. Yeah, and it's problematic across the board, and I appreciate it because I really appreciate it because comic books creators don't get the 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 kudos that they deserve. Um, it, they're just kind of in the culture for how talented and how amazing like the medium is right now. Yeah. So, but the more of that the better. And the Eisner's like, nobody really gives a shit about the Eisner except for people that already are into comics. Right. right. But it's a cool tool for us as retailers to be like, here's this tangible thing. Like, I can recommend this and it has awards behind it. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, and the Eisner's also feel like their, you know, their sales don't seem to have affected kind of the selection process. Right. You know, if comics ever get huge and giant, yep. you know, when the Michael Bay's of comics happen, yeah. you know, and the awards go to this movie that was horrible but sold a billion trillion. Right. I could really use more awards than just the Eisners. I think that's what my thing is. Mm. That more that that look at comics from different angles. Like sure. I could use just a comic sci-fi award, right? Or just a very independent, like very small press-minded award, or a sure. self-published award. Or, That'd be cool. Um, instead of trying to put it all under the auspices of like this one thing that like pretend doesn't pretend to be, but by default is the only game in town. Yeah, you and it's kind mean? of a, you know, and when you look at it in big picture, it, I mean, the comics are, as far as entertainment industries it's, go. It's a little baby. It's a little baby. It's a little baby so, boy. Yeah. Or girl. Uh, yes, a baby human. A little baby. A smallish human. What? Well, there you go. All right. Let's, like, we have um, very few minutes left for it. Can we do a real breezy big picks? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I'm going to try real think? hard not to babble for mine. Oh, for once, if you could not. Yeah, sorry. Every year... Um, every year, uh, every week yeah. in, instead is is what I meant to say. Yeah, come on, man. Um, I got no metaphor this Pull week. Pull yourself together, Does man. You got anything? Well, it's like when a manhole cover explodes inches uh-huh. from your face. Right. It teaches you about yeah. So how there's no turtles down there. Well, it, that manhole cover, and then in, in the flash uh, that happens as your mind reflects on every choice you've ever made in your whole life. Yes. And you can only remember a few comic books right. in that time. Only a few of them are going to stand out. Think of these as those comic books. Very nice. Curtis, what was your pick this week? My huge pick this week was The Punisher, number one. This is by Becky Cloonan, and it's by Steve Dillon, who draws it. Becky Cloonan writes it. Steve Dillon draws it. Becky Cloonan, uh, according to my notes here, has done some awesome comic books. She did Conan, The Barbarian, and also a book called Demo with uh, one of our favorite writers, Brian Wood. She worked on Southern Cross, which is going now from Image, and she writes the shit out of a book called Gotham Academy, which we all love mm-hmm. and will soon be crossing over with Lumberjanes. Southern Crossing Over? So This is all I got. Nick, <laughs> this is what I have to offer thanks. today. Thanks, buddy. Uh, this is the first issue of a new ongoing Punisher series. There hasn't been one for just a little while, maybe six months to a year since we've had a, a monthly Punisher book. Mm-hmm. This has uh, got a great cover. It's uh, Declan Shelby did the cover. I love this guy. Check him out. He's on Moon Knight and a bunch of other cool books. Um, Steve Dillon's art. He did Punisher for a while. Or excuse me, he did Preacher for years and years. All of Preacher, which is going to be a TV show this weekend, you dudes. Mm-hmm. Garth Ennis's preacher will be coming to AMC this Sunday. That's fun. Um, I liked his art on Preacher, but initially I hated it. I hated him on all his superhero books that he's ever done. He did a Wolverine <laughs> run that made me just 
viciously angry. <laughs> Go, get he angry. Drew, he drew Captain America one time, and it was like actually the worst drawing <laughs> sans Rob Liefeld of Captain America that I've ever fucking <laughs> seen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. get him. When they announced this book, I was like, yeah, Becky Cloonan's doing Punisher. That's the shit. Who's drawing it? Steve Dillon. Fuck. Guess what, though? It's very it's, serviceable. It's really fine and okay. Marcus is shaking his head, but Marcus knows nothing Marcus, what did about you, Steve Dillon. Marcus, what did you think? I thought this book was entirely mediocre. And oh. I think coming off a Netflix run that everyone's really hyped about, I think you're totally you, wrong. You could have got a better team. This, I think this there's nails. No, no this, there's, there's no meat to this story. It's like... Drug dealers are there. Punisher comes. Punisher kills everyone. Spoiler alert! Punisher lets the 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 veteran go because they share a common bond. End of story. I've read uh, uh, this. It, there's nothing fresh. It's a total setup issue, dude. It's not good. It's totally good. It's totally okay. Marcus is, is emphatically wrong. Nick, I, go ahead. Is it a callback to? Are they trying to like? Say, I, sorry, I didn't read this yet. Or, but are they like setting it up like this is the Punisher? This is what you know about the Punisher. He's not, gonna do this stuff. He's gonna not it, really. Just kind of getting it ready before we you know kick things. They, they the just gear. drop you in. So Punisher's fully formed. They don't talk about you know. There's a little one paragraph. The Punisher's family's killed, and now he's a crazy killing machine. Who crime will die. You know, and then you get into it, right? But this is setting up the two cops that are going to be on his ass the whole time, the whole series. Yeah. Their dialogue and interactions were awesome. This other dude that he knows, who, why, how does he know him? What do we know? They were probably in the military together. That sets up more shit. There's a file left behind at the scene that is now going to, you know, there's phone calls, shit, the file's out. It's dope. It was a carefully crafted sting operation set up by these cops. Punisher goes in in the middle of the night fucking shits the bed all over the place with well. bullets and blood. If you like Punisher on Daredevil, you finna like this comic book. I'm saying. I, you also could read Daredevil slash Punisher by Charles Soule, and that's actually a good Punisher book. So we agree on this, this one. Week. It was excellent. All yeah. Right. And this is kind of that dynamic from the show also where like Punisher and Daredevil aren't teaming up. Mm-hmm. Punisher ain't a superhero. Most superheroes want to uh, arrest and or beat the shit out of the Punisher and have him charged because he's a he crazy lunatic. He's not. He Punisher's you, a lunatic. You, you don't think the Punisher is a lunatic, Marcus? I mean, he's crazy, but he's an anti-hero. He has like a moral code that he follows. He definitely has a code. That is true. Every yeah. crazy person has a code. That's, I mean, not, not all. Yeah, it's a crazy code. Do, would you consider the Punisher to be a villain? He's he, he has to be arrested. In my world, he has to be arrested and he has to go to jail. That's just how yeah, it is. Yeah, 100%. You can't have a- anarchy. Sorry. You can't run around murdering people. Yeah. What if what if the system's so corrupt that the only thing well, that can d- the, there is that. the justice between right and wrong is the punishment. So on paper, I love it, and he doesn't have to be arrested. Yeah, please. That yeah. guy is a human trafficker. Yeah, shoot him right in the face. Wow. <laughs> on paper. Wow. Fictionally. We have to move on. I would <laughs> love to do a whole thing on the Punisher. He's like having a real resurgence at the moment. He's having to, a, is uh, he having a moment? He's having a moment for okay. sure. Well, and Netflix has announced that they're going to do their own Punisher spin-off They series. are. Um, but I think we should do a thing on the Punisher. I think there's a lot of interesting conversations to be had there. Well, it's so. maybe a little too tough for Nick. He's having trouble with uh, the whole Punisher thing. We're going to move on. Well, nobody's <laughs> having trouble with it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. We're out of time. I want to oh, know what Marcus. I want to know what Marcus's pick is. My big pick is Punisher number one, <laughs> and we'll just call it Daredevil and Punisher number one. I'm out. <laughs> Curtis out. Marcus go. Uh, uh, fuck. How do you follow that up? Uh, my pick this week is Dungeons and Dragons: Shadows of the Vampire. Number one this week by IDW. <laughs> Look, Nick, I get wait, it. Wait, Some wait, of wait, us wait. enjoy living in a world of imagination. 
And, you know, it's supposed to enjoy that world. But wait. Yeah. Can I ask you one question? Yes. So vampires, like, have no reflection. Correct. But apparently they have shadows. <laughs> I don't know how it works exactly. It's I'm the asking. Do- the doom of the vampire and what he's doing oh, is, I see. is leaving a shadow I of see. death and destruction. Not a physical shadow, it's but a, like. A metaphorical shadow, uh, I would you. imagine. Okay, good. Um, Maybe they do have shadows. I don't know. So uh, D&D books got relaunched 2014-2015 uh, by IDW. We've been getting some uh, little snippets of, of D&D comics, and they are awesome. Jim Zub is writing this current one. He wrote the last one as well. The dude gets, yeah. What else do we know Jim Zub from? Well, let me let me pull up my notes right here. I know because Skull I have Kicker. It. So he did Skull Kicker, Samurai Jack. He's writing Wayward from Image Comics oh. right now. Uh, Thunderbolts came out this week, a new Marvel title that you should not read. Um, but yeah, he's doing that one. But interestingly enough, this dude is like the writer for D and D Dungeon Crawlers. He's done the Pathfinder comic, D and D Legends of Baldur's Gate, which is what predated Shadows of Vampire, and he does the Munchkin comic. So he's kind of like oh. the go-to dungeon crawler comic guy, dungeon cool. guy, and he gets it. He's like part of the community. He plays role-playing games, and he mm. understands the appeal to it. So um, this Shadows of the Vampire. And what is that? What is what? The appeal to it. Of pen and paper role playing games. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's a form of escapism that is is wonderful. And I think Nick was just giving you a little jab. Yeah, I see. By okay. your cute little talking ways. Um, the uh, Shadows of the Vampire comes out. It releases with the new D and D module that came out not too long ago, The Curse of Strahd. Oh. And this comic is also about Count Strahd, who's a legend D and D bad guy from the eighties. Does it have anything to do with? Ravenloft. It does have much to do with Ravenloft. Oh, yeah. cool. Ravenloft right. was this, uh, during the 80s, they were coming out with all these little settings that you could do D&D campaigns in. So if you wanted to take your character into a sci-fi world, you could do that. Yes. Ravenloft is the gothic horror mm-hmm. um, setting. And Count Strahd is the vampire who kind of rules over a section of it. Strahd nice. is a German pastry, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> He's also I hope a, it is. Also a vampire. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of fun. It, it takes some of my favorite characters from uh, Baldur's Gate, the video game from the 90s that uh, a lot of us yes. played. Uh, and Minsk and Boo, who are uh, probably the two of the most famous D&D characters are in this. And it is a wonderful book. Jim Zub gets it. He gets what is fun about the Forgotten Realms universe and D&D and role-playing games, and he, he puts it into these comic books, and they're an absolute blast. So I would check out D&D Legends of Boulder's Gate, and I would dive into Shadows of the Vampire, and that's my pick, Dungeons & Dragons, Shadows of the Vampire, Part 1. Nice. Succinctly said. Wow, just wrapped it up. Well done. My pick, in just I'm going to take 30 seconds, is Weavers Oh, by Simon Spurrier. Of the two comics I read this week, uh-huh. I liked Weavers the most. Okay. This is the guy who wrote The Spire. Oh, Spire, what's that? It's a it's a very good comic book that you're mm. not reading. Um, I recommend it. It's about this weird. Oh, we got a sneeze. Oh, it sounded like it felt good. We got sneeze o'clock. Did it feel good? What is it? A good one? Yep, I think I'm done. Okay. Okay. Should I clap? Do you need a second? We might just use all of this. Okay, go. Do you have anything fun? How describe your sneeze to me? Uh, so uh, it came hard. Yeah. And it 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 sucked deep through the nose. Uh huh. I felt it in the corners of my eyes. Yeah. When I sneezed, I I didn't cover my mouth, so there was spittle was released. I saw that. Um, But I pointed my spittle away from you, fine gentlemen. You're very considerate about that. Curtis will hold a fart in a car. 
Will he? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, let that shit go. Man, fuck no, you he won't, won't. He won't like crack a window. He'll just like not fart. Just That's be uncomfortable. C- yeah. Just crack a window. Get it out, man. No way. We're all humans. I don't want any of your fecal particulate in my nose. This is how Curtis rolls, and I love this about him. Weavers by Simon Spurrier is about this weird disease that gives people strange abilities and then when one of them dies the ability crawls like in a spider form into another person oh and the people with these abilities are like de facto a part of a criminal organization Mm. like simon spurrier's stuff like he doesn't give you everything he gives you just enough he's like building really cool stuff without smacking you over the face with it i can i can rock that simon spurrier is uh an outstanding writer. I Cover's really, pretty dope. really like this dude. I have no idea where it's going, but um, I enjoyed it. And very, very quickly, I read Renato Jones's The One Percent. Yeah. And I thought that this was a very viciously bad comic. Oh, I thought I, it was all right. I thought it was totally all right. It's very heavy handed. It's just like, um, dude, just to, you got to close that Bernie Sanders no, tab. For no, no, I'm saying no. Browser man, I man. Mean, if you're yeah, 20 though, you're gonna f- you're gonna freak. There's and a eat crowd for up. that book for sure. I know Blaze. I there was parts of it I really liked, yeah. and some of the art was really eye catching. And I good. like Kari Andrews. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked his run on uh, Iron Fist. Absolutely. But man, oh man, as I read this, I just felt myself getting more and more irritated. It's a it's very heavy handed, man. It's so heavy handed. Yeah, and I and I get it right. You know, like everybody, you know, money, this power. Uh, yeah. It's just too much. Yep. I, I mean, we I, I could go on and on about all the problems I had with this book, but also an orphan. Can I just Renato Jones. I would read. I, I will read the second issue though. I'm going to say I I did have some issues with how uh, heavy it was uh, in its message. Yeah. But it, you know, it had piss, and I, I sometimes I I can respect some piss, even if it's a little misguided and, and one sided. Yeah. You know. Besides, and even if it's just even if you take the message out of it, the characters are just so fucking flat. Like, you know this dude's a bad guy because he's very rich, mm-hmm. and he talks mean to people. And he talks stupid like a bro. And it turns out he has, like, a secret sex torture dungeon. So, like, by the time he gets killed, right. it's just the most... That's It's all building up to make it the most okay thing in the world yeah. to kill this dude. There's no dimension or layers to it at all. Ah, I just thought it was so fucking stupid. So, the thing, the counterpoint to that is I feel you on all that is I just felt like the art was... Uh in design was such a way that it kind of made it sort of cartoonish and kind of took some of that edge off. I think maybe there's a this dude can draw a style going. There's, there's no doubt about it. We'll this see. Dude can draw. I'm gonna come back for an issue or two. Sleeper hit of the week because mm-hmm. no one's gonna read it, but everyone should. Scooby Doo team up number sixteen came out this week. Ooh. It's all about the Marvel family Shazam. I do love the Shazam family. Me yeah, too. and so the Shazam family goes missing, but Scooby and the gang are on it. I love it's, it. If you love comic books, you should check out Scooby Doo team up number sixteen. It was phenomenal. Those are our picks this week. It was Dungeons and Dragons, Wrath Shh. of the Stromboli. What was it? Why are you hating? I'm not hating. I honestly can't it's remember. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Shadow of the Vampire. And Shadows of the Vampire. <laughs> and the, the Punisher, number one from Marvel Comics, Becky Clune and Steve Dillon. And Weavers from Boom Studios, Simon Spurrier, Dylan Burnett. Boing. Our taser this week is pointed at free comic book day holy shit what's that it is a day where free comic books are given out 
for no good Get right reason. out of town. I can just walk into any comic store in the world and get whatever I want. Without fail, every single year at Free Comic Book Day, one person will stand in line mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. They will go into the to a very crowded shop. Yep. They will shop and, and, and elbow and edge their way around mm-hmm. all these people, mm-hmm. and they will wind up at the counter after standing in another very long line, and they will have like a like 20 different graphic novels. Just, just like... Seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and they're like in so graphic novels. Do you need to like scan these out? Yeah, like or uh, where's my bag? Can or... I get a bag? Or assuming that every comic is free, so <laughs> if we do nothing else with this uh, segment here, please know that not every comic is free on Free Comic Book Day. No, it... there's specific comic books. I just can't stress that enough. There's specific. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> So public service announcement, we love you, and we get how that might be a little confusing, right? Free comic book day. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth is they're specifically published for this event. They are real comics. Yes. They're not little pamphlets or little little castaway little preview thingies. Full comics. Full-on comic books that are published exclusively for this day. And this year is like 55 titles. There's a ton of books. And depending on the retailer, they're going to let you take a varying amount of comics. Like yes. we do three at our shop, but every shop is going to like let you take different amounts of comics. Yes. Of those specific comics. Yes. Please ask your local comic shop, where are the free comic book day comics? I've so just uh, picked up this Uncanny X-Men omnibus. Do you have a bag for it? <laughs> exactly. Do you Excuse ha- me. I don't know if you need to like. Would you have like inventory or anything, or do you need to like <laughs> scan it out, or is there a security device, or? Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Anyway, nevertheless, Free Comic Book Day exists. It's a wonderful day. It uh, happens every single year, the first Saturday of May. How was it? Where did this come from? Whose stupid idea was this? So this stupid idea was uh, done by a guy named Joe Field. He's the owner of Flying Color Comics in Concord, California. Been around forever. Been around forever, yeah. And he used Great to comic shop. write little industry articles for different publications about the comic book industry. As a retailer. As a retailer, yeah. And so one day, uh, Joe was sitting in his office, and he was the deadline for his article was due. Past due. And he's looking outside the window at a Baskin Robbins that's across the street, and there's a line around the corner for free ice cream scoop day. And he's like, well, shit. Wait a minute. Yep. Yeah. Is that real? It's absolutely real. real. Yeah. So Baskin Robbins is doing their free scoop night, and he's looking at this and saying, well, maybe we should give away free comics. Shit, I don't know. I got to get this (laughs) this article in ASAP. (laughs) Writes his thing about this idea for free comic book day, (laughs) and it catches wildfire. It's totally brilliant, though. Yeah. yeah. What better way, you know, to put your best foot forward, right? If you're Baskin Robbins, right? You can put ads, you can put billboards and shit. That's all well and good. Yeah. But you're like, our ice cream's great. How do you prove it? Eat it. Just have some for free. <laughs> Eat it. Yeah. Eat this ice cream and you'll know. So without Baskin Robbins, there would be no free comic I'm just, book day. I'm just now thinking of. I'm going to Baskin Robbins after this. Well, podcast. that's a given. But I'm just thinking about every, like, I think Baskin-Robbins might just be the leader in retail. It's possible. Every, I, th- I just feel like every good thing we've ever done at the comic shop, Baskin-Robbins did it first. Oh, the ice cream theme song? We've stolen that. Absolutely. For every jingle we've ever had. Anyway. But yeah, so um, so Joe, uh, Mr. Fields, puts this in uh, this article out. It goes to publish. And Free Comic Book Day catches some heat. Nick, did you catch that? It goes to publish. Mm. It goes to publication. What I didn't hear. What happened? It was just like a cute Marxism, and I thought maybe you'd 
Do you want me to co- want to comment it? on it? Uh, no, I can't. If I commented on all of them, we would because shit would grind to a halt. <laughs> I speak the way I speak. <laughs> no, it's it's wonderful, I'm Marcus. We're keeping it cute. Um, Do you want to run it back? <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> Fucking leave it all. <laughs> okay. So 2001, this kind of brainstorming starts to happen. 2002, we get our first free comic book day. Interestingly, when they're trying to pick a day for it, the first Spider-Man movie was coming out around May 4th, and so they linked it. There's a lot of excitement around this. Spider-Man Do you guys remember movie? that? It was, it was huge. huge. It deal. was outrageous. Yeah. People were flipping their wig. And so because of that, uh, they've linked Free Comic Book Day. Th- this uh, first Saturday in May almost always has a Marvel movie release. It's so cool how it's, it's tied to it. worked out because yeah. Marvel movies have done really well. And now there's almost always that's like a key summer kind of weekend launch weekend. Yeah. yeah, it just works perfectly. And interestingly, in 2004, they moved Free Comic Book Day to July, early July. Mm. It was a disaster. Mm. Why? So they moved it back. There was no movie release that year. They just decided to put it in July. That's so stupid. And they moved I don't it. think we need the movie release anymore. Oh, if you look at the charts on like what movies are coming out when they do it it's i mean like civil war is coming out right now that's gonna be a big movie release the two are linked together i don't i don't think i don't think we need it anymore is what i'm saying i'm I'm saying that like once upon a time that probably made a lot of sense if you're trying to publicize a brand new event yeah Yeah. but the the folk we we would fill up that shop anytime that we have so vault of midnight maybe but you have to think like a lot of shops give yeah. away promo items for for these movies. They Might advertise smaller with communities these in smaller or communities. Mm-hmm. It okay. just makes the event bigger. In Ann Arbor, we have in Detroit and Grand Rapids, we have a lot of other stuff going on. But if you own a small town comic shop, building the hype because of that movie is probably a good marketing tool. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. And movies like Captain America are are really cool because they get the whole fam juiced. Yeah. You know, and that's the other aspect we'll get into about why free comic day rules. It's like little kids and moms and dads and uncles and shit. Fam juice. Yeah, so uh, since, yeah, exactly. two, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. since 2002, we've always had a free comic book day, uh, except for 2004. It's always been the first Saturday in May. Um, interestingly, all these movie releases, every single one of them, that uh, for a year there has been a movie release, has been Marvel. DC's never jumped on that train. Well, they don't, there's not a lot of DC um, movies to speak of. Yeah, but you think for all those years that there was a Batman movie coming out. Well, and the, these studios do all this weird stuff where they stake out their, you know, yeah. their tent pole. Oh, yeah, you don't want to compete you know? with the Marvel movies that are already coming out. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I just I thought that was really interesting. But, Curtis, there's a little bit of the business behind this Free Comic Book Day. You know it better than anyone. Mm. You want to break it down? How does Free Comic Book Day work as a retailer? Oh, well, we get this a lot. So the free comic books are not totally free, and we won't bore you with all the details, but... Uh, the distributor and the publisher and all the retailers in the in the world that participate, which is every comic shop. We can't stress that enough. Vault of Midnights are doing free comic book day, but if you have a comic shop within your uh, get ability and they're worth a damn, they will be giving out free comic books this Saturday. So check them out. But uh, that said, yeah, we pay money for these comics. We spend thousands and thousands of dollars on free on fr- so-called free comic books. Ain't, ain't free to us. Um. But everybody helps out. I mean, every piece of the industry kind of pitches in and keeps the cost as low as possible. Nobody's, you know, making money on the sale, uh, you know, of us buying, of retailers buying free comic books. So, yep. yeah. And it's all for what? We just want more people to check out comics. It's the whole thing. Your best, Put your best foot forward. Yeah, I can tell people all day about how cool whatever my pick of the week is. Mm-hmm. But if they never read a comic or they're on the fence or they don't give a shit. Yeah. No, peep this. I'm going to give it to you. And if the best case scenario is that you go to a, a bustling shop and you see that it's 
fun and that it's cool and then you get something free it costs you nothing and maybe you have a good time also that's yep. the dream that's and that's why right. that, that's why we do free comic book day yeah you see some costumes you know maybe chewbacca gives you a high five you know who knows what's going to happen so from 2014 to 2015 the number of shops that participate in free comic book day uh grew by a Pretty good margin. 8%. 8%. Yeah. And the number of books ordered grew by 21%. We're looking at millions and millions of millions. comics. This year it's like 8 or 9 million ordered. It's yep. huge. Uh, and it's important to note, I was reading about Diamond's logistics on this. Mm-hmm. It, we can't uh, say thanks enough to these guys. Uh, uh, we've been known to bag on Diamond comic distributors a little bit on I'd this love to do that. podcast. But they're killing it. They're, they're sending shops thousands tens of thousands of pounds yeah of free comic book day comics and logistically that's no effing joke yeah they're successfully shipping things that people paid for to them good job diamond what i'm saying is it's a lot i know what you're saying it's daily a lot. operations it's a lot you know they're still sending us our weekly books no you're <laughs> absolutely right i can't help but <laughs> shit on diamond you're right you're right any opportunity yes so there you go. That's some boring stuff. And interestingly enough, out of the success of Free Comic Book Day, Diamond is done. They now do Halloween Comic Fest, mm-hmm. which is a smaller version of it in yeah. the fall. Yeah. That is spooky based. Yes. It's all <laughs> spooky comics. And it's kind of picking up steam a little <laughs> it bit. It is picking up steam. The idea is instead of coming to a comic shop and getting candy, there's a little free comic for you. The parents be loving that. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. When they come to the store, we give we do do candy and some comics. So the parents are like, "This is so great." Yeah. Comic books. So yeah, maybe we'll have two really big events every year. That'd be cool. great. So um, we do Free Comic Book Day every year. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a big, looming meteor that is hurtling towards us every year. We start planning for this in January for the event that's going to happen in May. It's a, it's a big day. Yes. It's our busiest day of the year. Yeah. And I've, been, I've done every Free Comic Book Day in, at our Ann Arbor location for the past nine years. I think. Yeah. And I've watched it turn into this completely insane and wonderful thing. Um, what, do you, how, what do you, when you guys think Free Comic Book Day, what's the first thing you think of? We just want to be ready. Yeah. Want to deliver a good event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it is, it's a little stressful because mm-hmm. there's a lot of logistics. We just, when you have, so we had 2,500 people come to Ann Arbor last year. And anytime you have that many people in one, Place. Yeah, in like six hours, you know, like over it's the course sm- of yeah, six hours. Yeah, it's a very small window, and, and everybody wants a specific. You can't just open the doors. No, you know, you have to like think about how you're going to plan for that number of people coming into a space that's only, you know, the one floor is only whatever two twenty five hundred square feet. So we have to think about every aspect of how it's going to function. Yeah, it is a. I just when I, cl- I close my eyes and I just see a th- mass, a sea of people. It's so and wild. And for two days afterwards, yeah. every time I close my eyes, I s- just yeah. hear the, the crowd yeah. and I see the number of people. So, yeah. It's, f- it's fucking great, though. Okay, so I'm, I'm not trying to talk um, shit about yeah. it. No, I know it's you're wonderful. not, but you're I feel the same way. Like, it's, yeah. like, intense and, like, I, we're talking, you're just rapping with people, like, nonstop. Hey, yep. blah, blah, Superman, yep. Batman, X-Men, blah, and it goes by, like, crazy fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a 14-hour um, day that just evaporates. Yeah. I've been telling my lady friend, because, you know, I've been a little out of it the last couple weeks, because <laughs> we've been doing a Detroit store and International Tabletop Day, free comic book day. I was like, you know, just after the 8th, I'll be a brand new man. Yeah. Just because yeah. from the logistics, it's, it's, I, it is my favorite day to work at Vault of Midnight, mm-hmm. but it is... 
a crazy, insane day to it's walk. It's so exhilarating. It's such a good time. Well, everyone's there in costume. Everyone's hyped to be there. I've been like watching the weather multiple times each day to yeah. see if that Saturday, what that Saturday is going to look like. How's it looking? It's looking good. What are we at? Like good. seventy degrees? It's going to be partly sunny? cloudy and okay. sunny. Yeah, okay. but sun and seventy. But like at the same time, I the night before I've only done one. I've worked two free comic book days for Vault. Yeah. The night before I lay in bed and say my prayers and just love it's just the best day but it's yeah. insane it's, i can't wait i'm super pumped and terrified all at the same time so uh marcus in another life you might have been an infomercial guy yeah you know just and i mean that as a compliment you Thank have a you. very boisterous wonderful personality uh but last year we got marcus like a, a headset microphone uh-huh and it was like it was the, the best. best shit that ever happened That's marcus was out there working the line so i didn't know marcus one of my first um times that like I I met you yeah. was when you came with Nerd Life mm-hmm. to to work our line at Free Comic Book Day yeah. and that was the f- that was like I'm going to hire that dude someday. Yeah. That was one of the first times that I was like what is up with this dude? Yeah, I, I What's ha- up with he's I like his energy. There's something about him. I have uh no shame. So day. I can jump in front of a thousand people and just start talking. It's my it's a you rare there. gift. Yeah. What we're talking about yeah. is we have this big line yeah. in front of the shop it yeah. wraps around two blocks. Yeah. So Marcus is out there trying to keep people going and keep right. people because the line moves very quick because yep. nobody's really waiting for anything. Right. They're just like coming in, picking up comics and moving on. So yep. don't be scared by it, lines. Th- and that's what But that's what so Marcus yeah. is out there trying he's asking trivia questions. He's keeping people engaged. He's walking up and down the line. There's a little party outside. That is what honestly makes free comic book day my favorite day because like because I get to work the line, I get to talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. I get to meet everyone. I get to hear their stories about like why they're there, what's up with their cosplay, why they chose to cosplay that particular character. People get pumped about the trivia and the little prizes we give away. But for me, it's just a day where I get to like go down a line and essentially say thank you or say hi yeah. to all the people who come out to Vault of Midnight because they care about our community. Mm-hmm. And that like when Free Comic Book Day is done. I am very sleepy, but it also energizes me no, you're for right. months after because I get to meet all these really great people. It's the best. I'm getting a little misty. I'm thinking about it because uh, universally, you know, like you wait in line for, you know, it's a long line, 45 minutes, but it's fun. It's good. Yep. But universally, I cannot think of a of a of a cranky person. Never in year. Everyone is just crazy juice. The yep. energy is so good across the board. And I, I just get so many like high fives and hugs and thank yous and. And people just want to know, like, what's going on with Vault and what's going on with me. And it's... Does people do that? They're like, Marcus, what is up with well, you? You know, for me, because, like, sexy my, beast. my voice is gone by 2 every That's year. That's true. I'm yeah. shot by 2 o'clock. And, like, last year, people were taking bets on when my voice was going to go because of they'd seen me do it the year before. It's just the coolest community. Marcus, your voice gets very, very sultry when it's... That's the thing. You know what I mean? When you, when you lose you it. Yeah, go easy this year, though. You gotta do some vocal warm ups beforehand. Have some tea. We'll turn you your gotta, mic up. You gotta drink some tea. Mm-hmm. You just speak normally into that mic. We gotta we, every what, year like some ginger, like a ginger type hot ginger beverage. I have maybe just the thing. I have just the thing for you. It's gonna be awesome. Last year I bought Nick breakfast. He never ate it. I haven't forgotten that. What? Remember I bought you Zingerman's burrito for breakfast? Oh, I texted you beforehand. I don't remember this at all. Oh my god, it was a thing. Well, he was too m- busy though. He's you, so busy. No, he wasn't even <laughs> at the shop yet. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get you breakfast. It sat in the break room for all day long. I got you a Zingerman's Roadhouse Roadside Breakfast Burrito. So like oh a God, $19 burrito. Yeah. Wow. And your what your an your roommate at the time, when I because I called you in the morning, was like, that's Marcus. He wants to let you know if you if you want a coffee. And I got you coffee and breakfast. 
breakfast. Wow, he thanks, never, buddy. He never, never ate, ate the burrito. He slapped the coffee out of your hand. No, he just didn't eat the burrito. It just sat so in you, the back. I threw it out in front of you. <laughs> I definitely would have remembered that. He made that. like eye contact and just dropped yeah. it into the basket. But co- the Fuck big thing you. is, uh, I think with all this conversation, we're just saying like, Go to Free Comic Book Day. Be a part of the community. Get your free shit. Yes. Find a free comic book. Find it a comic book store. They're everywhere. The best. Yep, that is absolutely right. And that's going to wind it up for us today. And we'll, oh, let's just say, um, check. Uh, we're gonna put a link to the Free Comic Book Day page. You can absolutely. see all the choices. There's so many effing good choices. Yep. And if this you year. and if you give a shit about what's happening at Vaults of Midnight in particular, you can check it out at vaultsofmidnight.com/events. We're listing everything that's going on at all three of our shops, and it's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, Vaultsofmidnight.com. Just in general, probably just check it out. Yes, and our Facebook pages are loaded. It's pretty cool. Vault, Ann Arbor, Detroit. Gentlemen, it was uh, a pleasure as always. This was good. It's loose, but good. I felt good about it. How did you... I'm so glad you felt good about it. Yeah, for once. I'm so glad that the listener knows that you felt good about it. All right. That's outstanding. Well, they need to know. How's my vocal fry? It's great. Is it working for me? Do I sound distinguished? You always have distinguished. Our producer and editor is Rachel Polk. Our music is created by E-Bomb. All of our art and design was created by Philip Wong. Very special thanks to the Ann Arbor District Library for the use of their recording studio. Please subscribe and download and review The Super Skull Show on iTunes, if you would. You can check us out on the internet. We are all over the place. Our website, Super Skull Show, is our handle. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff and podcasts since 1996. My name is Nick Weibar. I am Marcus Schwimmer. And I am Kirkus Sullivan. And we wish you good reading. Until Until next next week. week. I'm going to the gym. Who wants to go? Fuck you.